Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com. My name is James Garcia, and I'm really excited for this week's show. We've got a big show for you with multiple guests here. First of all is Dave DeBearmaker. Dave, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. And we have two newcomers, too, to the podcast. We have Ariel Nadell. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And Oliver Peterson, our wonderful editor on the Toy Photographers blog. Oliver, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I, uh, I'm glad to be on. I've been listening for a long time. so Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, the reason we've all gathered here today is to talk about a little movie called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. came out about a month ago. Made yeah, a decent decent amount of money, around a billion dollars. Um, I think most people have seen it, or most people at least in our community have heard about it. Um, obviously, Star Wars is a huge part of the toy photography community. Um, I think each of us have... Uh, Star Wars based toy photography in our own history and I'd I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Um, We're going to do this review a little bit differently because not only do I want to talk about the movie itself but I want to approach it from a toy photographer's perspective so talk to you guys about you know the toys that have come out have you photographed anything related to the movie are you inspired at all by the movie Um, so we can kind of go through all those things but um, before we jump into it since you guys are new to the show uh, I'd love to get just brief introductions for you Ariel and Oliver. Um, Ariel do you want to go first just kind of tell us who you are and uh, what kind of photography you do? Sure. Uh, I am the official downward photographer, and I also shoot a, my own character, Mia Rabbit. Yeah, I was looking through your Instagram today, and, and I had only seen like your personal Instagram account, so I was like, okay, I see a little bit of toy stuff here. And then, yeah, I followed those other links and was really impressed with all the stuff I saw. And the, the Danboard thing, that's awesome. How did that happen? Uh, I read the uh, manga Yotsuba, and Danbo was a character from that manga. And I just found the character and just loved it and just started shooting it. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. really, really popular toy in the Toy Photographers community. Um, yes. I have one myself that I don't photograph very much, but I just wanted to own him just because I see him so much everywhere. So. Yes, there are multiple Dombos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Oliver, how about yourself? Um, well, uh, as you said, I'm, uh, the uh, you guys were... Um, Nice enough to let me come on as editor, and I'm happy to be there. Uh, so I do a little copy editing for uh, the blog and some writing a little bit. Um, and uh, I've been doing toy photography for about um, six years now, five, five and a half years, something like that. And I shoot all sorts of stuff. I mean, my my collection's all over the road, and I shoot a, a lot of different things. So Nice. Nice. Yeah, so um, I guess uh, before we talk about the movie, I just want to go spoiler-free real quick. I'm sure most people have seen it, but just in case, you know, um, just spoiler-free, kind of get our initial impressions of the movie and what you guys thought. Uh, Dave, do you want to go first? Uh, Yeah, um, I I saw the movie like three times. I saw it like the opening night and then took my son a couple times. Um, So you hated it it then? No, I I loved it. It was a great (laughs) movie. Um, It's one of the better Star Wars movies. at least in my opinion, um, I thought it was a great way to kind of end off the series, um, like the trilogy of trilogies. Um, and it was, it was action packed. It could have used a little bit more breathing room in places, um, just to kind of pace it out a bit, like a bit more, but, um, it was, uh, it was a great deal of fun. I can't wait till it comes out on uh, DVD so I can watch it again. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see it again myself. I've only seen it once and I wanted to see it before doing this again, but things have just been busy. Um, Ariel, how about yourself? What did you think of the film? I loved it. I saw it twice. Nice. So, but I thought the pacing was fast. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a lot to take in, especially the first viewing. That's why I want to see it again, just because the first time you're watching it, you're just trying to take in all of the... The movie throws a lot of plot at you. You know, even the opening crawl is just filled with a bunch of plot devices. It's like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So yeah, I, t I totally agree. Um, Oliver, how about yourself? What did you think of it? Um, I also loved it. Um, nice. You know, I, I have some issues with certain things, but it was just such a fun ride that I don't even care that some things kind of didn't make sense to me. It was just so fun. And I saw it in, um, in, uh, 4d. Uh, I think that's what they call it. 4d Four 4d. Yeah. That's which is like this. I had no idea what it was, um, going into it. I just thought, Oh, maybe it's like 4k just high def, but it turned out that they spray you with water. They have scents coming out and, uh, lights all around the theater flashing. And you have a seat that moves around. It was really like a ride literally. So huh. it was fun. It's really fun. <laughs> That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, really, really fun. Yeah, I'm trying to picture all the moments now in the movie where they throw. Water so, what at your does Chewbacca like really smell like? <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to. It, it, it's 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 worth doing if you get a, if you get a chance to try it out. It's very cool. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. I don't think there's a theater up here by me that does that. I haven't seen that before. Um, but yeah, I, I bet that was a really fun experience. Um, yeah, just briefly, my thoughts on it. I I really enjoyed it as well. Um, the right after I saw it, I had, as Oliver kind of mentioned, some issues with it. But but the more I've thought about it, the more I've just kind of accepted all of those things and accepted the film for what it is. And Star Wars is one of those things that is interesting because the movie is one thing, but then it lives on in all of these other ways. Um, and it's it's kind of like the movie is almost secondary to the the culture that's that spins around from it, you know. So so that's kind of one way I've been looking at it. And the other is I kind of felt the same way about it as I did like the, the final season of game of Thrones, where it's like, I like all of the bullet points that they're hitting and, and you know, the general ideas and, and all that stuff. I just kind of wish they had had more time to flesh things out or smooth some things over, or they even talked about maybe splitting the movie into two movies. And I think that would have been awesome. You know, I would, I would have done that or I would have loved to see that, especially because it would have given it a nice even number of nine and 10, but uh, that's just me and my own OCD, but I'm glad that we all enjoyed it. Um, I think we're going to have a, a fun, interesting conversation here. So, so yeah, for those of you that haven't seen the film, pause this, go check it out and then come back. Cause we're going to jump right into spoilers and talk all about all of the twists and turns in this uh, new star Wars movie. So, uh, yeah, spoiler warning from here on out. So, um, the dead speak. <laughs> That's <laughs> quite the opening line for, for a crawl. I, I, the, honestly, the first time I saw it, I thought of, uh-oh. Uh, but, but I've kind of accepted it over time. What did you guys think just jumping right into the film? Were you guys excited to see it? Were you anticipating it? Were you kind of, uh, you know, I guess it also depends on your feelings of, like, The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. So, yeah, I guess generally, what was your mindset going into the movie? And then once it kicked off, how did you feel about it? Uh, Oliver, go ahead. I went into it. I tried to keep my expectations low because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm far from a hater, but I definitely wasn't thrilled with The Last Jedi. So I tried to keep my expectations low. I didn't want to get too excited, but... Um, I think that worked for me because it was it was so far beyond what I had hoped it would be. I, I re like I said, I had a really good time watching it, so it was uh, it was fun. It was it was great, um, and a lot of things I didn't know what you know. Um, I mean, we'll maybe talk about the toys more later, but just given uh, some of the toys that we got to see and hold before the film came out, I had certain um, expectations that 
it was interesting to see how that played out versus you know what we thought might they might be versus what actually happened in the film so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh, Ariel, how about you what what were you what was your mindset going into the movie and then how'd you feel about it uh, as it started well, I went in knowing spoilers, so I knew what was going to happen, but I was still surprised. <laughs> oh, how did you get spoiled? Oh, I just found it on Reddit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could stumble upon that stuff. If if you're looking for it, it's e- it's easy to find. Um, so what, uh, like, you were spoiled on the whole thing, the whole movie? Yeah. It's the whole thing, the crawl and everything. <laughs> so, like, I went in open-minded, like, okay, I knew what to expect, but I was still surprised, especially with uh, Ben Solo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, we can touch on some of those uh, specific plot details because I'm sure we're going to have thoughts about a lot of it. Uh, Dave, how about yourself? Um, well, like Oliver, I went in with a uh, low expectations, uh, mainly because uh, there was another massive um, trilogy ending movie um, called uh, Endgame uh, back in May that was probably one of the best ending movies I've ever seen for a, a series of movies, um, and and to. To come away from, to, if, if you wanted to expect that walking into Star Wars, you're only going to meet expectations and no no chance of exceeding them. So I went in kind of low. But I was really surprised how it started and it was dark. Like, not just like mood, like but like, well, I guess mood. Like it was, it was a very intense beginning of a Star Wars movie, which is a little unusual for the... Uh, the franchise, the movies that they have some dark moments, but they're usually kind of polished and glazed over. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that fight scene with Kylo Ren at the very beginning, where he was just slaughtering people. Um, yeah. That yeah, was, that, no that was really intense. Besides the music. I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah. I mean, it, but it really brought you right into the thing. It was like, really what's going on here. This is, there's no, there's no moments of anything. It's just opening crawl, bunch of people getting slaughtered. Um, and it, Sucked you right in. <laughs> yeah, and I was surprised that like five minutes in, we see Palpatine, and there he is, and and they're just like, yeah, he's back. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess I'm curious too, like how nerdy you guys are about Star Wars, or how accepting you are of the the wider lore beyond the movies. You know, I'm somebody who I love all of the books and comics, so so when I see a movie and not everything is explained, I'm usually cool with it because I can fill in the gaps you know, in other ways. How, how do you guys feel about that? Um, you know, would you rather have everything in one or do you guys like going off into the fringes of things? Um, for me, um, the, uh, I actually, there's a channel on YouTube called new rock stars. I'm not for sure if you heard of it, but they do these deep dives of like all the geeky movies and they point out all the references, hmm. um, of various things. And I, I absorbed those. In fact, before I went into this movie, I, they did a whole series of all the movies and went back through, um, so, um, like the reason why, uh, uh, Emperor Palpatine, that's hinted actually in the third movie, the, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't that like, it, it didn't take me long to really figure out exactly how it was plausible within the universe that Palpatine would still show up and it wasn't just some random, you know, where did he come from type thing. Right. Um, but, uh, I do like going to the fringes a little bit. I'm not, I don't totally geek out, but it's, it's fun, especially in a Star Wars where it's the canon of stories is just way bigger than the, the films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to see those other, to see what's kind of beyond um, just what's on the screen. Yeah. Especially because the Star Wars movies kind of, at least the, you know, these saga movies have a, a problem of being a little too small feeling sometimes, you know, everybody seems to be related to each other as we'll no doubt get to in this conversation. So I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I totally agree. Um, Ariel, how about yourself? How how did you feel about it? 
Uh, I don't geek out too much about it. I mean, I only stick to the uh, trilogies and the stuff in the parks. Yeah, and how about you, Oliver? Um, I yeah, I mean, I uh, I get into um, a lot of different stuff. I mean, I read, I read all the whole aftermath series, and um, I've read a, a several of the books. Uh, I don't know a, a good number of the books that are I think mostly outside of the canon now, um, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, and I and the comics, Doctor Afra and Darth Vader, and all that good stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, I like to um, explore the wider things, and I, I don't mind having these sort of tendrils coming out that you can get more information if you want it. Um, you know, it's just like um, Rogue One had a prequel book that um, really yeah. helped sort of flesh out the whole thing to, for me. You know, so I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and there's a prequel book about Jin as well that they released that um, if people like Rogue One, I definitely recommend they check out Catalyst and uh, Rebel Rising is the Jin book because that really, both of them flesh out their characters a lot more and, uh, the you know, the story preceding the movie and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I love all of that kind of thing. And so it was, you know, for me as somebody who's been reading that stuff for a while, the I feel like the books and video games and comics, they've been planting little seeds throughout for, for years about, uh, you know, weird things in the outer regions and, and Palpatine's big master plan and hiding remnants of the Empire places and stuff like that. So so I, I was just kind of cool with it. And, and I'm glad that you guys you guys just ran with it, too. Um, uh, I guess um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to, to structure this conversation because there's just so much to talk about. Um, I guess what happens next? Kylo Ren gets the... Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to talk to you guys about the the plot dynamics of the movie, specifically kind of the, the fetch questiness of it, which I've seen a lot of complaints about online. The movie is definitely very much, we need to get the get this thing so that it can take us to this other thing so that we can use that thing to go to this place. You know, it's very much like we got to... It's a treasure map movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. I actually kind of had fun with. I think it's a fun adventure. It made me think of like Indiana Jones, you know, just the kind of adventure feel and definitely things like Poe's costume is definitely ripped from Indiana Jones. So I liked the kind of adventure feel to it, especially because we haven't really had that yet in a Star Wars movie. So I thought it was cool that they, they kind of skewed in that direction for this big epic conclusion. Um, and one thing I wonder about the movie too is that um, as the conclusion of all nine films as you mentioned earlier Dave I think the movie itself kind of struggles with closing out the sequel trilogy parts because it needs to focus so much on the whole saga itself did you guys wonder that at all or did you like have, I know a couple of you have been uh, kind of mixed feelings on the sequel trilogy so were you guys happy to see that it focused more on the the whole wider spectrum or would you rather it had focused um, you know more on itself and, and the sequel trilogy in general um, Dave do you have any thoughts on that um, personally I think it's better that it caps it all off mm -hmm. um, than just the trilogy the uh, the end I didn't find the I mean I really enjoyed last Jedi and I I'm one of the few people apparently that enjoyed uh, well I guess last Jedi and the uh, force awakens I actually liked all three movies um, um, but I, th I thought that the purpose of those movies was to tell the end of the story, which was a, a nine movie arc. Um, and I think it really, if it, if it didn't tie up everything, then um, at least I tried to tie up everything, like going all the way back to the beginning, um, then I think it would have done a disservice to the, uh, the franchise. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, Last Jedi definitely felt like they uh, Ryan Johnson was trying to go in a different direction and take this the saga to to new directions. You know, which I know a lot of people had trouble with, and and I think it's one of those things that Star Wars needs to evolve and move in other directions. But I think it was smart of them to kind of rein it in for this one and say, okay, let's do one more big movie, tie up all nine. And then after this, they'll move on and do uh, other stories. Uh, Ariel, how did you feel about it? And how do you feel about the sequel trilogy as a whole? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of The Last Jedi. So it just like left me, eh. But with uh, Rise of Skywalker, I just felt wish there was more character development with the characters, with mm-hmm. Rey, Finn, and Poe. That's how it left me. It's like, oh, I wish there was more character development. Yeah, I'm sure that in uh, like 15 or 20 years, we're going to get 10, 11, 12. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's, I just don't see a universe where that doesn't happen, unless, you know, unless the apocalypse happens between now and then, or, you know, Disney goes under or something. But I just think that it's inevitable that we're going to get more of these things, especially this movie ends in such an open-ended way, and, and we have so many more stories that we can tell with these new characters, because it does really wrap up all of the stuff we knew from the legacy characters and really leaves the slate clean for everybody else. Um, yeah, yeah. the uh, the Skywalker saga is done, I think, but um, although Rey's a, you know, adopted <laughs> yeah, exactly. the Skywalker name, but she's not a Skywalker, <laughs> so she doesn't, she doesn't have the, uh, the adapt, the, like, the genetic gene thing going through it. Um, so I think it, it actually makes a clean point between, okay, the Skywalker thing's done, uh, but there's still enough left over that they could easily run with other things and and like movies 10, 11, and 12 can be um, Skywalker less and go on to um, flushing out those other things that have been ignored because the nine movies have been so centered on the uh, the Skywalker legacy. Yeah. Uh, Oliver, how about you? I think you were trying to say something. No, I wasn't. I was just, my, my, my camera's back on. Um, no, I, um, uh, no, I, uh, I have a, uh, I, 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 could definitely be more than happy for them to end it there. Although I think uh, I have it all figured out. I think they ought to do um, sort of an immaculate conception of the dyad where uh, Ray has sort of like a dark Phoenix, like force child. That's like a threat to the universe. I think that would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, uh, but uh, no, I mean, I, 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 um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What did you guys think of that, um, the Force Dyad and that connection that they kind of explained with Kylo Ren and Rey? I know that they've been teasing that for several movies now, their deep connection through the Force, and, and we've seen, obviously, before that they can communicate with each other with hints of them being able to actually interact. And in this movie, I love that we get full-on, like, lightsaber battles of them in different locations, but fighting through this cool connection they have. And um, obviously, yeah, then we get later that explanation of them being this kind of forced dyad yin and yang kind of thing what did you guys think of that uh dave do you have any thoughts about that um i wasn't a huge fan of it i mean i like the fact that it kind of it's a way to kind of tie the dark side and the light side more together which i think is the point of a large part of this was to uh balance the force um kind of thing but i found some of the way it was done rather cheesy um, like I really was when I, when the Ray passed the uh, lightsaber to to uh, Kylo in that scene. Um, just the fact that they did that it just seemed incredibly cheesy and convenient plot pointy. Um, yeah. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> I thought it was cool, but you know, every, everybody's mileage may vary. You know. I mean, um, it was kind of cool, but it was also kind of 
all of a sudden this thing can happen. And um, I think it's one of those things that would have been better if they had more time to flesh out what was going on. Because they just, they just seem to add on all sorts of extra force abilities that weren't really there before. Um, like the force healing thing, which is introduced in The Mandalorian the day before the movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- stuff like that was just a little rushed. Yeah, that's where I think them either splitting it into two movies or even like... I know this movie was already like two and a half hours or something, but I mean, they could have easily gone to three. I mean, a lot of big movies are three hours long now. And so I feel like there, that there would have been an appetite for that, you know? Um, And I would love to see some kind of like extended director's cut or something. I'm sure we're not going to get something like that, but I would, I would love to see something like that. Um, Ariel, you mentioned Ben Solo earlier, kind of, I'm interested in your thoughts on, on him and how they handled all the Kylo stuff in this. Yeah. I think when he just got pushed by Palpatine I was like oh my god it's like, <laughs> it's like no <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah I mean I'm not a Rilo or anything so just it wasn't really uh just not it was just the, the 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 connection with the Ray and Kylo was just really interesting to see developed and just how they all of a sudden kissed like okay yeah i noticed i I could kind of feel the energy in the room in the theater like half of the people were kind of excited about that and the other half were just more awkward and just kind of wanted it to end um (laughs) i was more in the second camp not gonna lie just kind of like okay i i didn't need that but i know that this is a movie that's kind of trying to please everybody and that includes Mm -hmm. those i'm glad he died the like the very next frame after that (laughs) just to end that in the bud okay it happened we're done yep Oliver, how about you? How did you feel about um, the the connection between them and and all the the Ben Solo stuff? You know, it's funny. I really I didn't mind it. I actually, you know, I uh, I sort of enjoyed it. I, you know, like again with the Last Jedi, some of that stuff was a little like, but I I I don't know. I sort of I bought into it. I, I didn't mind it, and I actually thought the kiss was sort of um, uh, a culmination. I, I thought it was um, a natural thing that it made sense to me i'll put it that way you know i think it, i think it made sense and it was just also a way for him to transfer uh that energy into her so i don't know it made sense to me i i, I enjoyed that I, I thought their relationship was interesting and cool i thought it was one of the cooler parts actually just kind of the love hate thing yeah i thought it was a good way for them to differentiate this trilogy than what had come before and try to tell an interesting new story you know that that yeah they do have this connection and and that Ben's kind of motivations and Kylo's motivations through this whole trilogy have been really murky, you know, and he's gone back and forth. And I like that, you know, half of this trilogy is about him getting pulled to the light side instead of somebody getting pulled to the dark side. And I thought that was a really interesting way for them to go with these. And, and I like all of the, I like the way that they handle all the Ben Solo stuff. I liked seeing him as full, full blown Ben Solo at the end for, even if it was only like five or 10 minutes, I appreciate that the movie did that instead of just him turning at the end and dying right away. So it it was cool to see him kind of in action and he had like a little smirk and a little Han Solo-ness to him, which I thought was cool. And yeah, speaking of Vadery actually. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Sorry to kill your segue there, but it was a little Vadery because Vader had like just a brief moment of, kind of reconciliation just before he died mm-hmm. as well so it kind of ties back into that yeah yeah i like that they took that idea and they were like okay but let's let him fight for a few minutes at least <laughs> you know, so. yeah 
Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Um, what was my segue there? Oh, yes, the uh, Han Solo cameo and all the various cameos in the film. I was really surprised when Han Solo showed up, not for any movie reason, but just because Harrison Ford agreed to come back. I just didn't, I just hadn't seen that happening. So I, it was really cool to see him, and I liked that they they were clearly trying to use this movie as a as Leia's movie before Carrie Fisher's death unfortunately and um so I I think they did a good job of pivoting and and trying to still make the Ben stuff work without Leia being involved as much um I loved the moment where she kind of reaches out with the force with the last bit of energy she has and and I'm not clear exactly what happened but I I like that that kind of snaps him back and and then the Harrison Ford thing comes next were you guys surprised to see Harrison Ford come back Totally. Yeah. I had, I had no expectation of that. That was that was great. Yeah. Complete shock. I mm-hmm. didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting cameos like, uh, uh, you know, we see Wedge Antilles for like five seconds. I was kind of hoping he would have a bigger role and stuff. And um, obviously Lando comes back in this. And I, I loved Bill, seeing Billy D. Williams again. And, and he seemed to really gel with, with the new cast and everything. And they seemed to leave his story open-ended with, with Jaina and this whole like let's go search for your family and stuff so I could see like a Lando Calrissian Disney Plus series or something like the Calrissian Chronicles or something like that which I think could be fun um which cameos am I missing are you get were there any other like big character moments or surprises like that 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 jumped out at you Uh, I'm sorry oh no go ahead Oliver I was gonna say there were all those voices that um, yes. you know there was all those cameo voices, which was very cool. I mean, it's been talked about a lot, but it's uh, that was cool. Yeah, I was kind of hoping we would see them as force ghosts for for a second, you know. But I realized how probably cheesy that would look. So I I, I like the way it was handled, and it was really cool to hear people that I had wasn't expecting either. You know, like Qui Gon's in there, and um, they got Samuel L. Jackson back. And uh, Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness, they found a line for him and a couple of the people from the Clone Wars animated series. So I thought it was a really cool way for them to to pay respect to all of the Jedi that had come before with all of the all of the nine movies and various spinoffs. I thought that was a, a really cool moment. Yeah, I, I like they brought back uh, Nian Num, the co-pilot from yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, when the other thing I really liked was all of the ship cameos, like yes. when they go to Exegol, that last battle. Um, there were so many references to so many ships from all over the, the canon. Um, and I'm really super excited that Luke's, uh, like, uh, Luke's X-Wing is back. Because yes. I think that's the best-looking ship in the series. And it's, my, it's like my favorite by far of the uh, vehicles in the series. Um, and it's nice to have it back so I can incorporate that into my toy photography. Because I can, I can make it all work and all the nostalgia stuff flows right into the current story. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um, I was really hoping to see before Last Jedi came out. I really wanted to see Luke in his X-wing fighting again, you know. And obviously, we didn't get that. And and I'm happy with what they did with Luke and everything. But um, yeah, it was so cool to see the X-wing come back, and you you hear the Yoda music when that's playing. And it was kind of a cheesy moment, but I was like, you know what? With nine movies, you guys get to do a little bit of fan service. That's cool. Like I accept it. <laughs> Um, Ariel, how about you? Were there any other big, like, surprising cameos or or moments that that caught your attention? Uh, no, but when I was watching it the second time, I was wondering if you see the Star Tours speeder in the final battle, because you can ride on Star Tours, you go through the battle in Hollywood Studios and Disneyland, Mm. so just curious if you do see the Star Tours speeder. 
I'm sure that it's in there somewhere. I think yeah, uh, somewhere very yeah. hidden. <laughs> yeah, I follow one of the concept artists or art directors from uh, Lucasfilm on Twitter, and so he's been posting a lot of cool, just like nuggets of information behind the scenes stuff. And I guess there are like fourteen thousand ships in that in that one sequence which just amazing and i honestly i want to see a whole movie or or show about lando and chewie going around the galaxy recruiting people (laughs) i was kind of bummed that that all happened off screen i think it would have been i i get that they focused they wanted to focus that final battle on the the stuff happening with ray palpatine and and kylo but i i think seeing more of the space battle stuff and more of them around the galaxy recruiting people and stuff i think that would have been cool to see um but, you know, that's just me. Palpatine, too. I want to... How did you guys feel about him being back in general and how they handled him and, and seeing him throughout the movie? What did you guys think of that? Uh, Oliver, how about you? Uh, you know, I thought... Uh, I, I had expected that he might have been... I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it, but those... Uh, those uh, What are they called? Not Titans, right? What are those things called that the um, they put, like... They're almost like uh, robot spirits of, like... It's Palpatine, but it's not. Uh, oh, know. yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Sentinels, I think. Sentinels. Sentinel yeah, droids, yeah. Yeah, yeah really cool-looking droids that have, like, Palpatine hologram face. Um, sorry. Yeah, like, I, no, I thought he might have been. It might. That's what I had expected. Like, oh, maybe he'll be a Sentinel or something like that. So, um, you know, I thought it was really cool. The way he, like, I just thought he looked cool on that thing, that weird thing he was hanging off of. Um Although I didn't know what, who all those people were, I don't know if you guys have any idea. Um, I don't know if they, I, I mean, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. I assume they they were sort of just like the spirits of the Sith of of past Sith or something. But uh, um, but I, you know, I, I I wasn't perfectly thrilled with the way they sort of just explained it. But again, with him coming back. But again, I was just sort of like, okay, well, I'll I'll accept it. I'll I'll go go along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, how about your, how about yourself? How do you feel about all the Palpatine stuff? When it was first teased, I was kind of dreading it. Yeah, same here. I, <laughs> um, but I kind of liked the way they did it because they brought him back and they made him. He was almost the fall guy for the movie because he had these grand video, grand like plans to do this thing, and pretty much everybody who who approached him saw right through it. And the only real question was, how do I get out of this alive and not, you know. But there was he was he was almost set up to fail from the very very beginning, um, and I kind of like that from uh, just from a you know evil doesn't always have to be an overwhelming force. It can just be a thing that can be dealt with, um, and we can get on with the rest of our lives. Um, and this movie seemed to be more about getting on with the rest of our lives. Um, so yeah, um, but I thought it was handled fairly well, and it it drove the plot, but it wasn't like the it wasn't the like Palpatine all the time. It was just kind of the the uh, gremlin in the closet kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so it, it allowed the other characters to actually breathe and a little bit and uh, go off, do their own thing instead of all, it's always being the singular focus, like, like the, the Avengers stuff where it was always the one guy. This was, well, he's there. We have to deal with it, but we have to go on this journey first. Uh, so it's more about the journey than the, the destination, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a smart move of them to just, plop him right in the first five minutes of the movie, say, hey, Palpatine's back, they have to deal with him, and then, yeah, a lot of the movie we spend with Rey and Poe and Finn, you know, journeying around the galaxy looking for stuff, which which I appreciate that they focus more on that, especially because it's like, 
oh, wow, I wonder if they're going to defeat Palpatine at the end of this one. You know, there's there's not much uh, dramatic tension that comes with something like that. So I think that setting him aside and letting us focus on other things was smart. Um, Ariel, how about yourself? Yeah, I was surprised with Palpatine. I mean, then again, they killed Snoke. So I was like, who else would be <laughs> the villain? Yeah. Yeah, I loved the like jar of Snoke heads that he has in, you know, in Exegol. I thought that was great, and immediately I I was thinking of the toy photo potential with all of that stuff. Oh yeah, I loved Exegol. Um, I thought like I, the first time I saw it, I was like, I need to explore this like in built like with toy photography. There's just so much. It's such a rich environment and background that mm-hmm. I need to do something with it. Yeah, I, I so want to see like a deluxe Palpatine figure with the big robotic arm he's on and, and you know, the, like maybe a little jar of snow heads in the back. Or just like it's some cool like undead Palpatine uh, deluxe figure or something like that I think could be really fun. Um, I, maybe this is a good time for us to kind of pivot away from the, the movie itself and more to the toy photography aspect of things. Um, I know we all do like various amounts of Star Wars photography, but leading up to the film, were you guys paying attention to the toys coming out? Were you anticipating the photos you might take or anything like that? Um, Oliver, let's start with you. How are you feeling before the movie is from a toy photographer's perspective? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought a lot of the toys were really uh, cool uh, looking, I suppose. Um, you know, we did a post on the toy photographer's blog um, where we took some pictures that people had taken of the toys without seeing the film and kind of what they imagined they might see. And I think, um, you know, some people came up with some really cool stuff and some of them, you know, felt pretty good close to the tone too in places, you know, but, um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I like the red troopers, the Sith troopers. I think they're really cool. I, I love, um, you know, all the troopers as I guess we all love the troopers, but, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought the toys sort of the Knights of Ren, um, like the, this, uh, um, three three point seven five inch night night of ren vintage collection um was so cool looking and they really weren't that uh they didn't have that much of a, a role in the film as mm-hmm. as we might have thought but uh you know i i liked the, i liked all the toys from the series and thought they were good yeah uh, how about you dave um i usually don't look at the toys until i get an inspiration and then i go see what's out there to shoot hmm. uh so i didn't do a lot of pre-prep um but um of the characters in the movie, um, none of them really kind of said I really want this as a toy, except for um, what's his name, uh, Babu Freak. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I want him I as a. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I want I want him as a like a posable figure. You already you got one. Yep. Um, I can see in the camera there. Is it? But, yeah, I've got one too behind me. Yeah. Yeah, um, I want him. Um, and uh, the other thing we'd like is I'm not sure what they're called, but the those horse like things that they had yes. on that Endor moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it if it would just release that um, just so I could put other characters and have them ride around um, just as a horse. Although it could come with, I forget the, the uh, name of the, the character that wrote it. Um, the, um, but you know, um, she was, she was kind of interesting too. Well, yeah. You didn't really, yeah. yeah she, we didn't really flush her out as a character. So she's not, she's not as interesting from a, um, a, a toy photography. Cause I don't really know how to relate to her and stuff, you know? Um, but um, that, that horse thing was kind of really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And yeah, Babu Frick, uh, 
my wife loved Babu Frick when we saw him, and he was like one of the things we were talking about most after the movie came, you know, on our way home from seeing the movie. And the first thing I did was I jumped on Amazon and I bought that C3PO Babu Frick six inch uh, black series figures just so I could have that little Babu Frick. And um, he's How do you really like cool. that? How do you like the, is it like he looked like he didn't have any articulation? Does he have articulation or is he just a single pose guy? Um, Oliver, you've got him right there on your desk. Does he does, do his arms move at all? I know that his like yeah. visor does, um, so he can he like put actually, his. Yeah, he has ball joints on his shoulders, and his visor moves up and down, and that is. Oh, no, and his waist. He has a swivel on his waist, too. Hmm. All right, sounds like I'm going to have to do some shopping after <laughs> this recording. And his head. His head. <laughs> His head too barely, but it, it actually the head is articulated barely. But, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Ariel, how about yourself? How are you feeling about like all the toys and stuff before the movie? Uh, I wish that Sphera was still with Disney to do more Star Wars stuff. Like I wanted a little Dio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I noticed that you had done some stuff with Sphero, and the, especially the Sphero BB-8. Um, you were featured on StarWars.com. You wrote a post for them um, talking about that. Can you talk a little bit about shooting that and, and your history with that before we jump into other things? I, I'd love to hear about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, Sphero reached out to me before the BB-8 came out, so it was really fun to shoot it and just try to be creative. I'm like, okay, how can I like do BB-8 in the real life? without having so much Star Wars elements. Yeah, I thought you did yeah. an awesome job of just I lots of great photos of him like on the kitchen counter and him rolling around the house and stuff. Yeah, I've got that yeah. um Sphero BB-8 over here in in my office and I just love it. It's awesome. I don't I never like use him, you know, as the actual like Sphero droid. I just have him for display. Oh, same. But, yeah. <laughs> but he just he looks Yeah, I probably played with it for like 5 minutes after I got it and have never turned it on since. Um, but but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I wish that I I was hoping leading up to it that we would get some kind of Dio uh, system like that because um, really cool looking droid. Even though he wasn't he wasn't utilized in the movie as much as I thought. He got more screen assumed. time than BB nine E. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the evil BB eight from Last yeah. Jedi that that we were all excited about and then didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of par for the course for these movies, I guess. I I've learned to over time meter my expectations based on the the toys that are coming out i know there are a lot of websites that'll do you know news posts ahead of the movie and say oh does this lego set spoil what's going to happen in last jedi or whatever and and that's usually never the case i find that the toys always exaggerate what's going to happen or they'll just they'll mix in different characters and, and vehicles just because that's you know they'll make little sets and stuff that are never super based on on what's happening on screen so i've Leading into it, I wasn't expecting very much, um, and I, I honestly didn't buy any of this stuff before seeing the movie, really, um, partly because what you said, Dave, I just hadn't seen it yet, so I didn't have any ideas of, okay, who are some of these characters, what is their mindset in this movie, I, I really have to, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the, the rules I put on myself as far as, like, the my photos existing with some sort of canon of their own, you know, I, I just... I, I needed to see the movie first, and um, since seeing the movie, I, I still haven't photographed anything because uh, we're at the end of January now. I've been focusing on January the whole month, but also I just I need to see the movie again to to get some ideas and and to um, get some more visuals that that I can try to copy or something like that, like some of the cool Exegol stuff. Um, now that the movie's done, are you guys inspired to to go get those toys and start doing some photos? Uh, 
Oliver, we can start with you. I'm sorry. Well, we, I, I would actually love to talk about this briefly because it's interesting to me that, um, so like I, just in terms of process, right? So, um, you know, Dave and um, and I and yourself are both saying um, that you generally, so you, when you, is that generally how you work? You envision your shot and then go buy the toys to fit the shot? Is that, or is that, that's how you generally work? Uh, for me, um Sometimes I'll buy the toy if I have a connection to it. Mm -hmm. um, like there are some things that I, I buy just because I like that character and I want to have it. Um, right. And and then because I do have it, I'll eventually find its way into my my photography. Um, but typically, when I think of photography, I think of concept first, and then I fill it out with the characters that are in it. Um, and then if I don't have those characters, I go buy them. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the way I personally work. Um, I, I tend not to like recreate scenes so much as use the characters and or or the situations that they're in and kind of um, mishmash uh, my own stories into that sphere. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I don't really that, yeah I really just it's it's usually um, store like some concept and then I fill it in with the the toys and oftentimes they'll. Um, relate to each other uh, um, but they yeah it's I it's I very rarely um, buy a toy unless it's really like a beloved character um, for a uh, just to have before a shot it's mm -hmm. always I shot idea first hmm. interesting yeah I think for me it's it's probably a mix um, a lot of the figures I buy are just because I, I I'm a collector as well, so I like collecting the characters I like, or I'll I'll just really like the way a character looks, you know. Even if I never, I, I always have the intention in the back of my mind to maybe photograph them someday, or maybe that's my way of kind of, um, you know, explaining away the fact that I'm buying all these toys. <laughs> like, oh no no no, I'm gonna I'm gonna photograph them. They're for a purpose, you know. And then they just sit on my shelf forever. So I I do find that for me. It's it's kind of a mix, and I'll um, usually if an idea strikes and I don't have the character, then I kind of I love the idea of then having to go hunt that thing down to make the shot happen. So you know if it's like oh I've really got to have you know Chewy for this shot, and I don't have a Chewy, then it's fun to like go find the right Chewy and and conceptualize things from there. Um, Ariel, how about yourself? Do you how does your process work? Yeah, I don't really recreate scenes. So I try try to do something more original that's inspired by the character. Because uh, I think one thing that I took away from the movie is like I wanted, I wish I could recreate one of my photos with BB-8 and the rubber ducks I did was have a little Dio and follow BB-8 behind like a little mother duckling. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Oliver, how about you? Um, you asked us about our process, but I'm curious to to hear what you what, how it works for you. Um. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of both. I mean, absolutely. I mean, listen, I've been collecting toys forever, and this toy photography really came out of collecting where it was something to actually do with my figures, you know, because it's like generally I'm not sitting on the floor going pew, pew, you know. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, no, I mean, listen, I, I buy, you know, I mean, I've got a ton of Fortnite figures, and I played that, I just played the game for the first time recently with my. 11 year old nephew. Um, but I just think the figures are really cool, you know? Uh, and sometimes I have shots in mind. Sometimes I, you know, I'm working on a shot now where I want to actually get another Fortnite banana for a shot that I'm doing with the banana family. Uh, but, uh, but, um, you know, like with the star Wars stuff in particular, um, seeing those characters, um, 
and not knowing anything about them is is in a way almost more liberating. Like I love that they they make some of these obscure characters that just show up in the background of the cantina so that I can kind of just go wild with my imagination and sort of create what I want to do with them. But I also recreate scenes from the movie straight straight up. Like I did a Garandin uh, um, on Mos Eisley talking to stormtroopers, basically shot for shot out of the movie recently. And uh, so, you know, I'm all over the place with it too, I guess. <laughs> for me, um, one of the things that I, it takes a while for me to kind of absorb a movie. Like it doesn't, I, I like when I watch, when I watch like uh, um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, there are many things where like, I really want to explore that space more. Um, especially like the, uh, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but the ruins of the Death Star. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's an incredible space with a lot of potential. And it's like, that grabs my attention, but it doesn't really spark a shot. I kind of have to live with it for a while and kind of mull it in my head um, for a while. Um, and so I think really the inspiration that the movie will bring for the toy photography is going to be after the DVD comes out. And then I can watch specific scenes over again when I kind of like in the mood to explore that space or pause it or, you know, just kind of live with it for a while. Um, but this particular movie though, um, I hurt my, my uh, foot just after Christmas. Uh, it was New Year's Eve. Um, so I basically had uh, the movie came out and it was great. And then the Christmas came out and I was doing with that. And then I've been like sidelined for, uh, for like four weeks now. So it's thrown me off my game. So I haven't had a really chance to absorb this movie as much, but I'm really looking forward to when the DVD comes out and I can really, I can just give it that space to kind of run around in my brain a bit. And then when I come up with other ideas for things that that's, I think that's when the magic happens for me is when you're kind of familiar enough with the, the, the spaces and then some other idea comes in from some other location and then you can see, Hey, wait, if I took this idea and married it with, this location, that would be an interesting shot. Um, and that's where, to me, that's where the kind of magic happens. So this process takes some time for me. Hmm. I enjoyed your post about hurting your foot, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sucks that you had to hurt your foot to get that post, but um, yeah. you made the yeah, best yeah. of it. Yeah, it's worth it if I get a blog post out of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, was, I also honestly haven't photographed anything or posted anything about it because of the, the spoiler culture. You know, I don't want to contribute to spoilers or ruin things for people. That's why even like Mandalorian, I'm really hesitant every time I take a shot. It's like, okay, is this spoil too much? Like I've hidden specific, I've not focused on specific characters and moments because I don't want to spoil it for the people in our community that haven't, don't have access to it yet, you know? So, so this movie, I was really, really holding off on stuff just because it is so fresh and it is such a big deal. And I didn't, I don't want to spoil anything, especially things like Palpatine on his big robotic arm, you know, or or even like little stuff like Ray with her yellow lightsaber, which I know we're gonna now just start seeing everywhere. But it's I've kind of been holding back on that stuff. How do you, how do you guys feel about that? Like the statute of limitations on spoilers in that respect, in posting your own images and stuff. Do you guys feel like there's a a set amount of time we should wait, or or ways that we can try to dance around it or is it just kind of one of those things um ariel do you have any thoughts about that well i think it's just one of those things like if it's in the trailer you're safe right yeah (laughs) but if it's not i think just wait a little bit and just see how everyone else is doing with posting yeah how about you guys do you um dave or oliver do you guys have any thoughts about that 
Um, I'm when it comes to yeah. movies, I think the the spoiler window is kind of short. Um, I th- I think uh, unless I'm talking to a specific person in person, like you know, have you seen the movie yet? Um, generally, like a week or two. I mean, if you're a fan, you're gonna go see it, and if you're not, you probably don't care. Um, uh, when it co- well, the, the interesting thing about the Mandalorian though is that um, like Rise of Skywalker came out pretty much worldwide day one, uh, but the Mandalorian like people in the UK won't be able to see it till like March, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so they don't really have a chance to see it. So I'm a little more cautious with that. Um, just because it's not really fair, uh, because they, they didn't even get a chance to geek out. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, generally I, I, I think spoilers are pretty short. I mean, I don't tend to worry about it too much. Cause like I said, it takes me so long to kind of get into those shots that by the time I actually get around to doing it, it's, it's, it's way past any, even the most, um, liberal, um, spoiler windows. <laughs> but I, I mean, it is nice not to uh, be a jerk and, and, you know, spoil it like the day it comes out or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Unless uh, Ariel would probably like it because she had the the whole Reddit, uh, you know, plot written out for her. So maybe seeing some shots would have helped. <laughs> I mean, if they ask, I will tell them what happens in a movie. But um, as long, but they have to, they have to at least have the ability to say, I don't want to know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that approach. That you know, there there is a certain point where yes, you can be delicate about spoilers, but also like if you don't want to get, get things spoiled stay off the internet you know or or you can mute certain you know words on twitter and stuff like that like there are ways if you re- if you really do care to to kind of keep away from those things and i know it can be difficult just because of how much we all have to be online and stuff these days but but yeah i i, I kind of like that approach oliver how about yourself uh yeah i mean i think like um like dave said i don't think we need to be Avoiding, I mean, you know, two weeks, I think, is general. Like, I know, I think the Star Wars The Black Series um, feature page on Instagram says, you know, two weeks, which I think is pretty fair. Um, I've been at the center of a couple of big fights on the articulated comic book art uh, Facebook page for some posts that I put up over the years. So, you know, I, I remember doing, I don't know if you saw that shot of Ant-Man in the sweatshirt that I did. It's like half-size oh, Ant-Man. Yeah. And he's in that new... Um, so I posted that, but it was like Ariel said, it was in the trailer. So, you know, but a bunch of people like freaked out about it. That I put that on, on, you know, the week of the movie and the wasp came out, but it was like, it's in the trailer, you know, and it, and it didn't give away the context of anything, but I don't know. Um, you know, same with, uh, I think, uh, I mean, people with the walking dead TV show were freaking out about who Negan kills and, yeah, about two years. So I don't know, but yeah, trailers. Um, yeah, so. yeah, trailers these days don't give away anything. Um, like other than the fact that Palpatine was in the movie, it did not spoil the plot points at all. No, for it didn't me. even in any way, shape, any or plot points. Really, like yeah. you watch the trailer and you can't tell what it's about, which I really appreciate. I like that it's it's all visual and it's all like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna go see this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So they're just trying to, to tease us with the visuals more than anything, I feel like. Or, or the music, like the trailer music is just amazing uh, in that final trailer they had. Maybe I'll put it here in the podcast episode just so I can hear it again. <laughs> so um, thinking of the, you know, the movie as a whole and, and the characters, were there are there certain characters you guys were disappointed by now that you've seen the movie or, or you were kind of, you, you wanted to see more of but didn't see enough in the movie, so now you want to, you know, 
bring them back to life in toy form. Is there anything like that? For me, the the character that jumps out the most is Zori Bliss. I such a cool character design, and I love Carrie Russell as an actress, and I thought she was a really cool character, but not in the movie as much as I would have hoped. And I know that um, a lot of people in our community love those red Sith troopers and have been photographing those like crazy ever since those were revealed earlier this year, but they were only in the movie for a few minutes. Uh, we've already mentioned Knights of Ren. Were, were there any things like that 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 you guys were kind which, of disappointed by? Which or? character was the one you you mentioned uh, first? I, I don't recognize the name. Oh, she was the um, the one with the gold helmet that Poe is. Uh, yeah, yeah, Oliver's got the figure right there. Um, yeah, she was. She's like a, I guess. Scavenger she was the one that brought them the Babu Frick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was fantastic. The, the, I mean, she wasn't in the movie much, but I thought that was kind of okay because she didn't need to be in the movie much. Um, but it is definitely fodder for a spinoff series. Um, yeah, those types definitely. of things. I mean, one of the most interesting books I ever read um, when it came to Star Wars was like Tales of the Bounty Hunter and Tales of Jabba's Palace. And all it was was all those little side characters that you see in like Mos Eisley Katina or in the Jabba's Palace and the, the background characters. They had like a short story about each one of them. Love, um, love and it, yeah, it's just it's just so I mean, I would love it if Disney Plus would do something like that. Um, just to flush out the the, the universe because the, the universe is so rich. Um, the one character I kind of missed was Rose. I thought she could have done a, she could have been given a bigger role to play. Um, yeah, yeah, they definitely but. sidelined her big time for this one, um, which definitely feels like a backlash for for the Last Jedi. And I, I wanted to ask you guys about that too. Um, and I don't mean to to switch gears here and go in another direction, but. Um, I guess, yeah, before I ask this, let's ask uh, Ariel and Oliver real quick. Any characters you guys were hoping to see more of or, or disappointed by after you, after you saw the film? Yeah, I was hoping to see more of the Zori Bliss. But, yeah, but you know, we'll see more of her eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Oliver, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just on the note of Zori Bliss, someone pointed out in one of the groups or somewhere on social media recently that her design is actually very similar to some Macquarie designs, which is kind of cool. Um, but, uh, um, you know what, actually the, uh, this, um, R2, um, C3PO, uh, with the, with wearing, um, Chewie's, um, satchel and with Chewie's blast, um, bowcaster, I, I was disappointed because I, I kind of, and maybe it would have been stupid, but I kind of like I expected to see him like blowing some stuff up. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of fun to see him. I don't know. Really get his moment. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, maybe just lay waste with the bowcaster. But, uh, you know, it's probably better he didn't in some ways yeah honestly this is the movie i think that i liked c-3po the most um he's always been like i've always liked c-3po but i never like loved c-3po but after this this movie really made me fall in love with him just all of the he's got some really great one-liners uh, my favorite of which is probably babu freck i know him he's one of my oldest friends you know it's, it's just <laughs> I, I just they had so many good little zingers like that for him so i thought the movie did a good job of kind of paying tribute to to 3po and anthony daniels in general um so, so i actually now that i have that babu frick and c3po two-pack I've, I've got all these c3po shots in my head that i want to do and i haven't really photographed him much so i think that'll be fun to kind of dive into it's a great figure 
Yeah, yeah, he really is. And yeah, if you um, I I forget if it's you if you warm him up or cool him down, but his eyes actually glow red too, which is awesome. So I, I like that they're kind of introducing those things into the toys as well. Get out of here! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got him yeah. right there. Another, yeah, I think if yeah, you like another, rub the uh, eyes or something, it'll change. Uh, I forget. Sorry, Dave, another one, another one of the storylines that I think could use um, like another series or some flushing out. Um, and I kind of missed it in the movie was uh, all of the. Uh, the ex stormtroopers that uh, rebelled. That yeah. whole storyline has a whole lot of potential. I really wish in the movie they would have shown like their settlement and where they lived, like even just a brief thing, like oh we spent the night there and next day we're gonna go off. Um, I think that was a missed opportunity. But that's another that's another area where I think has a lot of potential for exploration and interesting stories. Yeah, especially because they've talked so much about how the First Order is kidnapping children everywhere, and obviously we have Finn who defected, and and um, yeah, I think. I think they could have done more with his character specifically and his backstory and, and meeting all of these new, you know, ex stormtroopers, I think was, was a really interesting angle that the movie just didn't have time to explore. So that's one thing I like love about this movie, but I'm then frustrated by at the same time is all of the new ideas that it has, but then it doesn't really have time to develop many of them because it's dealing with answering questions that we had from previous <laughs> movies. So it's, it's kind of this weird juggling act um, that hopefully, you know, as they, as we've talked about with the extra material, like hopefully we'll get a cool Disney plus show or an animated series or a movie or comics or books, whatever it is. I'm sure we're going to get all of that stuff kind of fleshed out in the next few years. Um, especially now that the saga quote unquote is finished, the Skywalker saga. I think now they can really fill in those gaps if they want to, because they've been really kind of pigeonholed into waiting for the movies, you know, like they haven't really been able to talk any about like what happened with Luke and Kylo until like they just started a new comic series with that. So, so yeah, hopefully in the next few years, we'll start seeing a lot more of that stuff. Um, I wanted to, to just pivot a little bit to, um, I guess the, the backlash with the last Jedi and how it probably affected this movie. And did you guys feel that at all in the theater? I think there were a couple moments for me that it just really felt apparent, especially like, uh, when Luke first catches that lightsaber out of the, when Ray's trying to destroy it. And then he says something like this deserves more respect. You know, I just, just like, okay, that's a jab at Ryan Johnson and last Jedi. Did you guys feel that at all going into this? Or am I just bringing my own internet baggage <laughs> into the movie? <laughs> Yeah, I thought a little bit of that, especially with the uh, catching the lightsaber. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, I kind of ignore all the that type of stuff. Um, I think a lot of it is just um, expectations not met, so it's disappointing. Um, I think back to like uh, when Empire Strikes Back came out, it was thought it was like was such a bad movie that George Lucas actually apologized that it was so bad. But today it's considered the best movie in the franchise mm -hmm. and it hits like a lot of top 10 best movies of all time lists. Um, so we really need to let this um, flush out and, and give it some time. But with, when it, when it, like when Luke caught that saber, um, I didn't think it, I didn't think any, any of the, uh, the history, what I thought was basically Luke now knows that Ray is all in on being on being the fort like she's all in on the force and she needs to learn this stuff so he went from are you really sure you want to do this to all right you're in you got to do this the right way um that's that's how i took it hmm. um it's kind of the the forceful teacher as opposed to the uh um being snarky yeah, although he is snarky, snarky that's why i love him <laughs> i mean like he's 
if all the all the Star Wars characters, if I could relate to any of them, it would be old cranky Luke. So <laughs> I'm a big fan. How about you, Oliver? Um, um, I got caught up in what he was saying. What's the question? Oh, I was just asking. Uh, you know, backlash against Last Jedi or or, or the movie oh, kind of oh, pivoting right. after that. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Uh, you know, like you said about Rose, uh, I mean, I was not, I've never been a Rose hater. I didn't, I actually hadn't, I, I thought there was just enough Rose in the new movie, but I, I but I, again, I'm not like, I don't hate her. I don't, I don't have all this animosity, this weird animosity people have about it. Um, but I didn't think uh, we needed her that much in the new movie. So, I mean, maybe that was a response to the backlash, but uh, it didn't bother me. Um so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be yeah, my main. Yeah. yeah, and I guess the other like big big thing we haven't talked about is Ray and Ray Palpatine slash Skywalker. Um, not gonna lie, when Ben first tells her, "Oh, you're you're Palpatine's granddaughter," I rolled my my eyes rolled all the way back into my head and all the way back around. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" But it's one of those things that I think the movie did a good enough job of explaining why that is important or how that you know it doesn't explain obviously like who like how did palpatine have like did he have a wife or anything i like that it doesn't go into that because i honestly i don't want to think about palpatine hooking up with anybody for more than two seconds but but i think that the movie did a good job of 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 telling us why ray's heritage is important to the story and and especially the whole dyad relationship we kind of talked about with her and ben and that he's coming from the this big you know heroic skywalker lineage and she's coming from this dark evil palpatine lineage and and kind of reckon, reconciling that within yourself and choosing you know it's, it kind of makes something iron giant you know like you are who you choose to be and and luke kind of tells ray that in a, in a way too that like she could have turned to the dark side but because she's so like pure of art and a good person, she didn't, and it doesn't matter who she's related to. So I know that there has been a lot of backlash against them tying Ray to Palpatine and explaining that at all, because it kind of gets rid of the anonymity that that people really liked seeing from her in the Last Jedi. Did you guys feel? How did you guys feel about the Ray reveal and her being tied to Palpatine and stuff? Um, Ariel, let's start with you. Yeah. Uh, it was just okay. Like, oh, she's the granddaughter. Okay, just going from dark to light. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah, Dave, do you have for, something? For me, it was... I mean, when it first came out, it was like, you're a Palpatine. It was like... I was kind of the same reaction of you. It was like, well, of course she's a Palpatine. What else is she going to... Like, <laughs> duh. Um, yeah, it's the last... It was the on the dartboard. That's, that's, that's yeah. what it hits. So. Um, but... <laughs> If you think about the whole arc of the series, um, I think it's really important that she is a Palpatine because um, the, it's the whole the movie starts with Palpatine messing with with the Skywalkers to generate this thing and to create this legacy. Um, so you really need, I think, a, another Palpatine to head it off at the end. Like you can't just be a Skywalker because then it's just a survival story um, instead of like a like a finishing the th like cleaning up after yourself story hmm. um, i'm not sure all the technical terms um but uh of storytelling beats but it's but it it, it i think it, it parallels nicely with the beginning of it and kind of puts a little um bow on the end of it i think that it kind of um that the both both threads of the story the the palpatine arc through it and then the skywalk arc through it meet at the end they meet from opposite directions 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they meet, and then, um, which I, th- I find interesting, because the, the threads almost like do a figure eight thing in the middle, and then they kind of hit back together. Um, so I think I think it um, it's it's is probably the right thing to do is make her Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Especially George Lucas had always talked about Star Wars being this big, like mythic fairy tale story with the Skywalker family at the center. So kind of making this the whole nine saga film really like palpatines versus skywalkers and and the two like quote-unquote houses of these families you know important force wielding families especially because now we're gonna uh, you know potentially in the next few years get things that deal with completely new characters different sagas different years eras and stuff like that so so i didn't mind it tying so tying all of the threads together for this final like nine movie thing um oliver how about you do you have any thoughts on it um, you know, I definitely understand, um, the reaction of kind of the eye roll. Um, but I also think Dave has a big, a good point about, um, you know, it, it being a necessary sort of, um, finishing point to it all. Um, but I, uh, you know, it also seemed to me like a huge theme of the last Jedi was that you don't have to be a Skywalker or a Palpatine or whatever to be force powerful person um uh, and that was obviously just ryan johnson's thing um so you know uh, it kind of it's a weird i mean it's just a weird trilogy in that way because but uh, um you know i don't know if jj abrams had that idea from the beginning i'm guessing probably not um i don't know why they didn't have sort of an overall plan to start for the three movies but mm-hmm. um yeah but uh you know i didn't i it, as much as it, I totally agree it's an eye roll, I also, I, you know, it, it, it worked, I think. Yeah, it's one of those things that I, I have learned to accept it and just go with it, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I know people's mileage may vary, and, and I'm curious to see, like, to hear, you know, what our listeners think. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts in the comments on, on this blog post, um, because I know that there are so many opinions about it. But, um was there anything else with the movie that you guys feel like we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about or anything from the toy photographer perspective from this movie? Like, are you guys inspired at all by it to go take new toy photos or, or like Dave, do you have to kind of see it again and, and sit with it for a while? I, I need to see it again and sit with it a while for a while, but I know that there are definite um, situations and uh, I guess uh, locations that I'm really interested in exploring, especially the uh, the Death Star stuff, both the uh, internal stuff, I think that's just rich with because there's so much damage, there was so much leftover uh, stormtrooper armor. Um, there could be things living on there, you don't know. Um, uh, the whole like it's like a zombie apocalypse set. You could have a whole like zombie <laughs> Star Wars movie just on there, just from that fact alone. And outside of it, with the that uh, the, like that uh, lightsaber scene with uh, Ray and Kylo. Uh, fighting on the wreckage with all the water. Mm-hmm. That was such a powerful scene, not just because awesome. of the fight, but the scenery around it with those massive waves. It was That was probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Um, the, maybe in the franchise. Um, yeah, I was going to say, just, definitely one of the coolest lightsaber yeah, it was it, yeah. Something like that. Um, I don't think I, it inspires me just to do a straight sh- like shot remake. Um, maybe from a like different perspective or something like that. Um, it'd be really hard to recreate the power of that water um but the, I, that's going to be sitting in the back of my head swirling around as a place to um set 
shots definitely uh going forward yeah 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 i totally agree uh ariel how about yourself um yeah final thoughts on the movie and the, yeah in general are you inspired to to shoot anything i would definitely have to see it again to get inspired <laughs> but uh, we didn't talk about finn just shouting ray ray <laughs> yeah he seems to do that a lot <laughs> yeah and i was the yeah that the whole sequence with him and the, like following her onto the death star wreckage and like i i I was a little like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are we doing this? You know? And, and I know that it, they were trying to show like how much he cares about her and all that stuff. But I just, I, I think they, that, yeah, he was just a little foolish in trying to do all that. And, and it didn't really go anywhere. So I was I kind of wondered yeah. like, why did we, yeah. Why did we focus on that? What do you guys think about him being potentially force sensitive? That seemed to be something they're definitely hinting at in this. Um, That's, maybe... confirmed. That's confirmed actually. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there yeah. we go. There we go. Episode ten, everybody is going to be Ray training Finn. Yeah. yeah, that's that's another plot thread that can be brought forward. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think I think Finn was the way he was simply because at the very beginning, when you first met him, he was very cowardly lion. Um. I just want to get away from all of this, and then he had a change of heart and kind of bought into the being a uh, being rebel scum. Um. And I think he was. I think he's more enthusiastic the other way. Um. He doesn't really know what he's doing. I don't think. Um. Like. He, he's 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 kind of lost in like where his place is in this. He just knows that he has to help out. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that gets he's he's yeah he's kind of like a lost teenager in that way, kind of that that or like a like a lost lost puppy where he knows he knows he got to go do something, but he doesn't know exactly what he needs to do. So he's going to follow the person people around. <laughs> That's kind of what I get his role in this movie is, is is and I think it leads to a little bit of comic relief in some places. Um, yeah. At least I want to in my memory. Um, so you know that helps too. Yeah, especially like him and he and Poe, I think, had a really cool dynamic in this. And I liked seeing them together more throughout the movie and them on the Falcon, you know, and and how they keep damaging it. And Chewie keeps getting mad at them. And I, I thought they, they did a really good di job with the team dynamic in this and really making me care about the new characters and having fun interactions with them because we didn't really get that in Last Jedi. So it was really fun to see the gang all back together. And honestly, it made me wish that we were having 9, 10, and, or, you know, 10, 11, 12 coming out sooner so that we could keep seeing these people. Um, Oliver, how about you? Uh, final thoughts on the movie and then any like uh, anything that you're inspired to start doing now that you've seen it? Um, well, I, uh, you know... Like I said, I, I I really liked it. I mean, you read the aftermath aftermath books? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think if you've read those books, there's a lot of stuff in there. Obviously, that's those that's informed. But I mean, just something I've been thinking about since I saw the movie. Is like, what happened to Snap Wexley? <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> Snap. <laughs> yeah, but, I like um, that we did but, get a moment seeing him, though. Um, yeah. Uh, terrible but anyway um but uh no as far as the shots um funny enough the one of the main shots i was inspired and i haven't done it and i may never do it but um uh was just that i think it was the first shot array in the film where she's like floating uh, in that sort of green space when where she was training was mm -hmm. that they gave her i can't remember With the elevated rocks and stuff yes yeah that i i that i immediately i remember when when i saw the movie also again i was watching that 4d so it was like all this crazy bumping and exegol and all this I whatever and then it went this, like yeah that well then it suddenly <laughs> went just like and like they sprayed you with a mist and the smell came and it was like everything 
the whole mood changed. So I was very affected by that moment. And I thought, oh, that would be a cool shot. Um, but I'd also really like to, um, you know, play with the ideas of like, you know, I, I'd like to see, um, like to do sort of the adventures of Poe and Zori Bliss and kind of play with um, my own sort of imagined narratives from, from with some of these characters. So. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now that I've seen it, I'm really uh, this whole sequel trilogy. I've kind of been holding off on really, de you know, devoting time to these new characters. Like I've I've photographed some Ray and BB-8, and you know the characters that are really iconic and have jumped out at me. But largely, I've kind of just been waiting to see what their stories were throughout all three. You know, I've I haven't really shot much of Kylo or Ben Solo because it's like I don't know what his whole deal is, and I'm I kind of wanted to see where he ended up before I did anything. And now that now that we do have that whole story, I, now I'm kind of inspired to go back and, and kind of think about those things. So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat where I have, I need to see it again. Definitely more too for like the, the actual visuals and the, the places and locations and things like that, that I can not just recreate, but, but bring into my own photos and play around with in my own kind of way. I need to, I need to really visualize and see those things again. One thing that jumps out at me is the cool, like hyperspace jumping they were doing at the beginning of the movie. Um, hyperspace skipping. Yeah. Hyperspace skipping. And, and we saw some yeah. really cool visual stuff with that. So now I, you know, I have a, a bunch of those like hot wheels, star Wars ships. And one of them is the Falcon. And I just, I'm like, how can I do some kind of something like that, you know, or, or recreate some of those cool shots of them going through the space worm or whatever it was getting chased by ties, you know, it was really cool stuff. So yeah, for me, actually the very end of the movie, um, right where Ray um, is thinking about what her last name is, mm -hmm. and they the camera pans over and you see that shot of uh, um, Luke and Leia. Yeah, just mm -hmm. that one frame could be a photograph in and of itself. It was I thought it was beautifully done, and I on my list of things to do um, is to recreate the look of that photo. Uh, maybe not with, with necessarily those characters, but some some characters. But just the just the way it was lit and the way it was it was uh, processed. It was just a beautiful second of of screen time, and I think I, that needs to be somewhere in my portfolio um, of uh, a recreation of that as an homage because it was just it was just like it, it, it. I think that was like the end cap of uh, visually of the movie for me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And the final shot too of, of her and BB-8 and the twin sons, you know, doing the sunset. Yes. I thought that was sure. beautiful as well. Yeah, really. I really want to get. It's not out yet, but the art of book that's going to come out eventually, showing all the concept art and stuff. I love those. Just to flip through and see cool visuals and things that they were uh, thinking about doing but didn't do, and maybe some cool visual stuff that I can play around with. So, so yeah, we'll see. I think. I think. Um, yeah, maybe give it six months, and the, all of us will have interesting toy photos to, to show for it. <laughs> so, but um, is the visual guide out yet? Uh, yeah, the vi the visual dictionary is yeah, and I know that that the it has a lot more of a it confirms some like plot developments and fleshes out some of the characters. I know it talks a bit about like Janna and the stormtrooper thing and some stuff with Lando and stuff like that that I wish had been in the movie. But um, you know, if we get it in visual dictionary form, I guess that's good enough. <laughs> So. Those are great for anybody who's into toy photography, Star Wars photography. Those books are really nice resources for like making dioramas and props. They're really good. I, I find them really helpful. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, thank you all for, for joining me on this talk. I know it's a we barely scratched the surface, I feel like, with some of this movie and the and the ideas and stuff like that, but it's just such a big topic and such a big film. But um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this, and I had a really fun time going through Sorrows with all of you, so um, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, real quick, just uh, I want to ask, like, where can people find you guys online? Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Um, the quickest way to find me is to go to my website, studiodave.ca. Um, and there on the bottom, there's links to my Instagram and my Facebook, which is where I mainly hang out online. Awesome. As well as toyphotographers.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. We've got posts from you coming out, which is great. Um, Ariel, how about, how about yourself? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah. You can find my website, islandadel.com or Instagram. Yeah. So Sweet. my same name, islandadel. And for my Dombo photos, it's Le Domboard. And Mia is Mia the Rabbit. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend people go check out all of those accounts. It was fun, like diving through one of them. And then I would go back up to the bio and click the link to the next one and just have a whole nother feed of beautiful photos to look at. So um, I'd love to have you back on the show at some point to talk, talk about that process and, and talk more about your photos specifically. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'll email you after we're done with this talk. <laughs> and then uh, Oliver, where can people find your, your stuff online? Um, best place is just uh, on Instagram. It's Oliver Sees, O-L-I-V-E-R-S-E-E-S. -E -E um, also, I am on Facebook, but that's um, it's pointless. Yeah, just find me on Instagram. Um, and also, uh, just I'll plug it because I, I just started a um, 118 scale toy photography feature page called 118 AF. So it's 118 AF. And I would love for people to follow that and tag 118 AF. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out myself. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys again. This was so much fun. And um, maybe let's do this again when episode 10 comes out in, in 10, 15 years. <laughs> Deal. I'll be here. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Our editor is Josh Kittleson. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.